0: as an artist, uh, as a creative, I think it's important to pick up new skills,
1: Thanks to each and every one of you joining us. Welcome to Question Artists, a podcast where we believe that inquiry and art making are both essential parts of life. And so we invite you to listen as artists share fascinating and thoughtful responses to questions about their origins, their training and mentors, their art making, and what lights their inspirational fires. I'm your host, Kate Michael Gibson. I'm an artist who wears many hats, including writer, producer, performer, story maker, and now podcaster. I'm a founding member of Convergence's Theater Collective. CTC is a group of pioneering theater artists and innovative teachers dedicated to creating original work and re-envisioning classics. And in 2018, we turned 10. As part of our 10 year anniversary, we are exploring how to tell CTC's story in multiple ways through the voices of our amazing collaborating artists. This podcast is inspired by that storytelling idea, as well as by a dream I had about sitting down to talk one-on-one with the many amazing and talented artists I know. I was inspired by other folks doing wonderful things with podcasts, especially storytelling shows. I found that hearing firsthand from brave and honest people sharing themselves openly and with vulnerability, was not only deeply moving and educational and inspirational, it was a source of real human connection for me. Since I've always adored art and art makers, this show combines three of my longtime loves. Artists, CTC, and personal storytelling. On this episode, I have the great pleasure of talking with Ben Gabe, professional photographer. Ben shares his wealth of knowledge about photographing events and performances, his experience shooting celebrities and working with commercial clients, and how to cultivate a photographer's eye. Welcome to Questioning Artists, Ben. We're so excited to have you here. Tell us a little about yourself.
0: Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Ben Gabe, and I'm a photographer. Uh, I'm actually born and raised in New York. New York City, Manhattan. It's funny, growing up, though, you never, you think that everybody's from the city. And then as you get older, you realize that it's mostly transplants.
1: In all my years in and out of New York City, I have to say it's rare to meet a true homegrown New Yorker. (laughs) And I love your family, Ben. You know, we make a lot of great connections as collaborators in CTC, but it's not often that we meet each other's families. And it's so cool that I've had a chance to meet yours and to see the energy and creativity and engagement that they bring into everything that they do. Would you say there were major influences on you as an artist?
0: As I was growing up, it was probably a bit less so. And then as I, as I got older, they got more involved. My mom was involved with uh, the Vineyard Theater in New York City uh, for many years. She was chair of the board. Um, she stepped down the last couple of years. Uh, my father has always had his his uh, eye and ear in the arts. Um, whether it comes uh, whether it comes to uh, you know listening to his chamber music or you know the jazz at Lincoln Center or whatever, or these passion projects that he gets into uh, working on educational documentaries, um, you know, producing, writing, directing those uh, or, you know, writing a novel or a, uh, play, and, you know, I actually found some inspiration from him as well. Yeah, he was kind of the person that put photography on the map for me originally. Um, I didn't really think to pursue it until much later. Um, yeah, he he kind of introduced me to it as my sister and I were growing up. We he would always have a camera with him on trips, you know. So he would take pictures of us, uh, you know, and try to set up some kind of some model esque shots. Um, and uh, you know, he yeah, he was kind of an inspiration back then. He would show me you know little things here and there. Uh, about exposure you know he used to have a dark room at our old country house in Connecticut so he would kind of take me through the different process there uh, and then as we got a little older or I got a little older uh, took a photography class at camp and um, came back with like a book of different prints of my photos and my mom looked at the photos and she's like wow you really have something here and uh, From then on, I would, you know, take, I, I wasn't taking it seriously still, but I would take a camera on trips, you know, pursue it at camp or summer program, whatever.
1: So Ben, I know that one of the things you specialize in with your photography is capturing events. And I imagine that doing that kind of work in New York City would take you to some pretty interesting places that most of us never see like big galas and fundraisers and places with big glamorous crowds where the beautiful people are. I bet you run into some interesting people.
0: That element of, of the work is really cool. Uh, being able to experience, uh, being able to be capturing these experiences that I would, um, you know, as a normal individual outside of work, not be able to mm-hmm. see or capture. Um, that element of the work of the work is really you know, I, I've been fortunate to be able to have photographed, you know, numerous uh musicians, political uh people, you know, different all different celebrities, uh actors, actresses.
1: Going to all those fancy events sounds exciting. The big event design, the celebrities and guests and all the beautiful food and drink, flowers. Uh, But having to try to capture all of those elements could be sort of daunting, sort of intimidating. I mean, there's big-time celebrities or maybe famous politicians. And you're also having to navigate this potentially moving, active crowd. And then you have the expectation of getting all these pictures that you need. Wow. That is a lot to track. How was that for you when you were starting out?
0: Yeah, there's so... Going into that world, I was very green uh, at the time, and you know Patrick McMullen um, to get you get you into it, get you uh, have you get a feel for um, how to shoot an event correctly. They would have you shadow another more seasoned photographer. So I shadowed this guy that met with me. I think I went out with him like once or twice, and you know I would show him. The types of shots I was getting, he'd be like, oh, that, that that's great. That works. You know, that probably doesn't work. And then get into their post, ed, their edit workflow, um, which is a whole different element to the actual shoot. And for them, they needed names of everybody, which was kind of pull my <laughs> hair out, you know. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of stressful. That was a challenge for me because, you know, it would, it would force you to be more, you um, Personable with the people at the event than you're probably used to, so that was that was a bit you know that that was kind of that was a bit of a challenge for me to put myself out there more. So my commercial side is primarily event work. Um, I'll do like some portrait headshot gigs here and there, but yeah, my commercial side is event. I also work with uh, different product companies. You know, I'll, I'll do like a lot of social media related events, uh, which is a big thing now where companies will hire hire influencers. Uh, I'll be there to photograph the influencers, and then they post the images. Usually it's promoting a product of some sure. sort. And when I first started, I must say, the shot lists were non-existent, almost. Like, yeah. you almost never got a shot list. They were very few and far between. And now it's like, every shoot has a shot list. <laughs> and some of them are much more detailed than others. But, you know, at this point, like... I know the shots, you know, I've I've shot most types of events. I've, I've been in the game for quite a while.
1: Oh, I am such an introvert. That seems like so a lot to me, <laughs> keeping track of all of those people and then making sure you have their names right and the spelling right and all of those tiny details. I mean, that takes an incredible amount of focus. And you mentioned earlier, so you either like you might have a shot list, you might not. But when you go into an event to photograph it, what is your overall goal? What is in your sort of artist's eye as you look around the space, as you, as you start to, you know, get ready to do your work?
0: So when I go into an event, I'm there to tell the story. I'm there to document, to, to create the memories for years to come, reference, archive. And, you know, I try to bring in an, the, an element of creativity to that whenever possible. You know, whether it be from a different angle, playing with the available light, playing with the flash, you know, wh- whatever element I can. I think angles for me has always been a key feature. You know, seeing, seeing a different perspective uh, than the average individual, kind of looking for creativity in the mundane.
1: Looking for creativity in the mundane, yes, and experiencing delight in the everyday. These are things we concentrate on uh, at Convergences a lot. Um, We begin with what's there, the mundane, the everyday. And from there, we move into the poetic and the lyrical and the theatrical. And it sounds to me like you're doing a really similar kind of work because you're taking what's there and evaluating it through your perspective and your photographic eye and then creating something. Okay, so... You've gone to this amazing, big, beautiful event with all the fancy people, and you have zillions of pictures. What happens after the event? What's the next step in the process?
0: So let's say I'm doing a freelance gig outside of an agency. I would go home, make a select of the best photos from the full take. I would put those into Lightroom and go through each photo, crop, enhance the photo in The best way. Uh, Sharpen as needed, lighten, darken, saturate, desaturate, whatever. Um, I go through each photo and then I export and then I upload. So uh, believe it or not, um, editorial photos have a little more restriction than uh, journalistic uh, capturing an event approach uh, or a hired event approach. Um, because the photo editors at the publications tend to go for certain types of images. Headshot, three-quarter, full length. You know, so there's less of an element of creativity there. Uh, A lot of that work is also on a step and repeat, otherwise known as a red carpet. And, you know, that's just people just kind of lining up in front of you and... You know, to stand in front of you, boom, 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 onto the next, boom, boom, boom. And there's just so much you can do with the creativity there. Um, that's another reason why I prefer more hired event work. There is more room for creativity.
1: So even though we're talking about digital photos, that's still a ton of work sorting through potentially hundreds of shots and evaluating each one. Okay, so you pick your favorites or the ones that are best suited for the client or the job, right? In the case of, like you said, a freelance job or a for hire gig. What's the difference when you're shooting for a client who wants pictures for their newspaper or like magazine or website? So how do you you know what to look for when shooting for those clients? Uh,
0: Now stemming back to... Uh, the editing, the post work. So for Getty, it's a little different because they had their own built-in software and basically it would work. It was a it was a software for selecting the images and then it would load the images into Photoshop and then after you're done with editing the images in Photoshop, they would bounce back into the software and you would capture So name all the VIPs, uh, whoever's at the event, You know, bulk caption the images and then send them out through an FTP directly built into the software. I
1: love learning about all the technical details that go into photography because it's far more nuanced and complex than I think a lot of people realize. I grew up around photography. My dad was an amateur freelance photographer and artist. So I've been fascinated by this form of both expression and, as you said, archive and memory making since I was a little kid. And I guess part of what I'm saying is that I have a tremendous amount of respect for your technique because photography is complicated. (laughs) So I first met you, Ben, working on a CTC project called Refracting Miss Julie, and you shot that show so beautifully, which is not an easy thing to do. What's it like photographing live theatrical performance?
0: So when it comes to working in the space of shooting a show, performance, you really rely on your technical ability, understanding exposure quite a bit. If you do not have that, a strong technical capability, it's not going to work out. I remember when I, amongst my very green years, I had one situation come up where I was hired to do a show and, uh, You know, I didn't, it was my first time doing it. I, you know, I just didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Put the camera on auto and the photos didn't come out in the correct color. You know, it's, (laughs) but I've since learned (laughs) there from that. And, um, you know, I work in all manual and, uh, you know, I understand the different uh, Kelvin degrees. Uh, You know, the low end being... Uh, cooler, the high end being warmer, you know playing with that, um, just putting it all together and adjusting as needed you know a lot of times in stage lighting you have very tricky lighting situations and they change very quick too so you really you you really just need to you know pop on the screen as you can, you know check the exposure uh, adjust as you're able as 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 the show is going on, you know you have to make adjustments. Um, you kind of you kind of just get a flow for it, you know. And um, after doing it, almost becomes a second nature. Like now at this point, I could walk into any lighting situation and already have an idea of the exposure. I might be within a stop. It took a while to get there, okay. and it's been a lot of training, a lot of exposure. But you know, it's a nice skill to have. I must say, uh, it's one less worry off the shoulders being thrown into any different situation. Uh, it's good to have a, uh, a versatile lens, a lens that has a bit, of, a bit of a zoom on it, so you're able to move. You, you want basically a multi-purpose lens for that type of shooting uh, because you're not going to have time to switch lenses. You know, it's just <laughs> it's not going to be there.
1: Beginning photographers, take note and get yourselves a versatile lens. And three cheers for technical ability. And clearly, Ben, you have a plethora of technical ability. So we've talked a lot about you shooting with a set of criteria or limitations, like for events, or editorial photographs or live performance shoots. And these things where you've got to keep track of getting names and titles and such and all those details and you've got to get certain types of shots. So I'm curious, what are you interested in photographing artistically
0: and what's it like for you when you're unrestricted? You know, you, you push the boundaries as you can. Um, like I said before, I play with uh, different lighting elements. Um, you know, I love shooting in galleries uh, because the lighting is so even. You can do some great natural light work there um, and some nice bounce work, flash bounce work. You're thrown into so many different situations, you just try to make the best of what you got. Some are more challenging than others, uh, especially when you're dealing with different um, mixed lighting sources like incandescent and uh, daylight, you know, that that sort of deal gets a little tricky when you have big windows, you know, different different elements that can arise more challenges than, than others. I love it
1: when photographers and lighting designers and theater makers talk about playing with light, because light has such a deep impact on us as humans, as audience, as viewer. So playing with light, adapting to light, that's something that hasn't changed. But photography has changed a lot in our lifetimes as we went from film to digital. What is your favorite thing about digital photography?
0: Now it's being able to produce a larger quantity of more curated work. Um, I say curated because my skill level has increased over the years. And, you know, I've gotten much more skilled at, you know, going into an event, understanding what shots I need to get without a shot list, even though they're provided for me now. <laughs> but I most of the time don't even need them. And, you know, understanding what's needed to be done on the post work, on, on the edit um, to make the image pop to the client or for social media, whatever.
1: Recently, I was going through the CTC archive and looking at different projects that you have photographed, and I was reminded of your excellent curatorial eye. (laughs) And I agree, it's really magical to be able to, first of all, take hundreds of images and then instantly be able to start curating and processing them right in the camera. So, Ben, in your training, did you study both old school film development and printing techniques, as well as the digital photography and editing?
0: Back at Syracuse, when I first started out in that major, the photography major, it was all darkroom. And I, I loved it. You know, I spent hours on hours in the darkroom developing, and it kind of like a way to just zone out and, you know, find the creativity through that process. You know, zone out to my my iPod. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, we started out basically my first full year, first two semesters in that major as a photographer. It was all darkroom. And then after that, they transitioned into taking more digital courses, Mm -hmm. working with a digital camera, introductory courses to digital darkroom, Photoshop. Um, Lightroom wasn't as prevalent back then. Uh, I actually picked that up after school, so we would do that. We would work with different uh, photo lighting situations, uh, studio-type lighting, as part of the digital darkroom as well. A lot of the exposure in working with a film camera is you don't really know what you're going to get because you can't view it, you know? So you're, you're kind of j- just playing to uh, the technical ability that you have um, your idea of how much light to let into the camera, et cetera, the uh, film speed. And then in the digital darkroom, it's all right there for your reference. Um, basically, your postwork is cut way down. You're able to duke out a lot more photos than you were previously.
1: I think there's something beautiful about experiencing both, you know, developing photographs by hand and then also taking a digital image through a development process. So you mentioned school. Tell us about your training.
0: I actually went to Syracuse University for business. So I didn't even think I was going into the uh, photography or creative world at one point. I spent about a year and a half in the B school and decided that, you know, it wasn't the route I was going to be happy in. Yeah, I, 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 I think part of me went in there because I, I knew it was going to be a safe bet. Uh, something, you know, it was skills that I, I'd be able to pick up. But, you know, going into it, I, I knew nothing about it. So having taken some of the courses for my freshman year and going into sophomore year at, at school, um, I realized it just, I didn't find it very interesting and, you know, decided to make a change. I had made a friend my freshman year, she was a photo major and, you know, I would ask her questions and, you know, she had me like pose for one of her assignments. And I think that kind of put it into my mind that, you know, maybe this is something that I could pursue and be happy pursuing.
1: Isn't that often the way... I think a lot of times we don't know what we want to be doing until we've seen a little more of the world and tried our hand at a few things and figured out what we're really interested in. So you switched majors and learned all this amazing stuff between the analog darkroom and the digital one. What were your next steps as a budding professional photographer?
0: graduated from Syracuse, having no clue what element of <laughs> photography I wanted to get into. Um, I knew it was going to be something, you know, I was setting up. I think I set up a studio at my parents' office in the city, Uh, fortunate to be able to do that. So I I did that, you know, got a couple headshot gigs here and there, you know, some odd jobs of event work. And then, uh, it's funny, actually my mom was at an event and she got talking to the photographer at the event and he happened to be working for an agency. Uh, Patrick McMullen, which is kind of a household name here in New York. And he he was nice enough to set up a meet with me. I, and two weeks later, I had a friend who was interning at New York Magazine. And she sent me a text. She's like, hey, Patrick McMullen is understaffed. You should uh, reach out. And uh, I set up an interview, and three and a half years later... I was kind of in doing event work. Anything from like a product-related event to Mm -hmm. art world um, to gala, you know, that, that sort of realm. After Patrick McMullen, I was approached by four of the senior photographers at PMC about coming into their new company, which is called Billy Farrell Agency, another boutique agency big in New York and also in L.A. They do the same work that Patrick McMullen did. So I ended up working with them for a year. Um, So I felt like I was kind of not pedaling forward, uh, but not pedaling backward either, just kind of stagnant. So I ended up setting up an interview with Getty, Getty Images, big global photo agency. Uh, They do stock, high-end fashion shoots, all types of events, sports. So I got an interview with their entertainment department. And from there on, I uh, started doing some work with them from an editorial perspective, mostly contributor work. So they would send me on assignment to a gig. I would make money from sales, which, you know, worked for a while. But, you know, it's kind of a gamble on what you're going to make. There's no stability there. Um, so I have since focused my work on more hired jobs, which has worked out quite a bit better. And, you know, I've built, I've been able to build a client base.
1: I'm a big fan of freelance and love being my own boss. And it sounds like all the experiences you've had, you put to good work for you for your clients and collaborators. So Ben, I'm curious, when you're not doing commercial work, what excites you in your artistic photography?
0: I think the inspiration in part comes from looking at some other photographers' work, seeing uh, what different techniques they bring to their photography. So in terms of uh, photographers that find inspiration from, NACCHIO photographers. Uh, I love looking at their work. It's they They get flown to these phenomenal, beautiful, picturesque places. But they're also very skilled photographers. So I find a lot of inspiration and technique exploration from those photographers, whether it be um, just from a strictly visual standpoint or technical standpoint. Um, I, you know, travel in general inspires me, Um, being put in a different setting, different environment. Uh, that inspires me quite a bit. Um, and just being able to go out and shoot the stuff that I want to shoot versus um, my commercial work where I'm being put into these situations that whether I want to shoot it or not, I got to do it. So with the uh, creative work, it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of it's travel, being put in different environments. Um looking at other photographers' work. It's also just getting off your butt, and getting yourself out there and trying new things, you know. Um, which I'm sure many of us as artists struggle with from time to time. We all do as individuals, maybe not just artists.
1: You're not the first artist on this show to talk about the importance of getting out of our comfort zones as a way of motivating us to continue honing our crafts, getting better. And I think that having an ongoing curiosity about our work is part of what informs us, even in work that maybe isn't as visibly creative. And you use that artist's eye to curate the photographs that you're taking. So on a real pragmatic level, when you go to evaluate a photograph and choose picture A over picture B, how do you make that choice? How do you choose the best shots? That
0: goes back to the training at Patrick McMullen. Um, they, some of the senior photographers, they just, they knew how to capture an event to the fullest extent, every little detail. Um, and I kind of emulated my, uh, skills from that. And then in terms of the post work, you know, you just, that, that doesn't happen immediately. Um, but, you know, you're, you're selecting the better images taken from the full take, um, everything shot at the event. And, uh, you know, it, take, it takes some time to really have a curated, be able to curate that to the best ability. And when it comes to people, you want to make sure everybody's eyes are open. If you have one photo uh, where somebody's eyes are not open in both shots, it doesn't make the cut. You know, it's, it's not usable photo and that does happen from time to time. And then you're also picking picking the best best exposures, you know, some the flash is often inconsistent. Um so you're picking the shots that look the best just straight out of the camera. I mean, obviously you're going to make an edit. You're also picking the shots that, you know, are are most creative of the event. You know that show the different elements of the event in a creative way, or you know more cookie cutter way, whatever whatever the situation is. And you want to make sure that the event is fully covered, the the story is fully told, Uh, from the decor of the event to the food, you know the the servers, the bar, all that situation is covered. And that's you know that's pretty much it. You know some people are able to go through it much quicker than others. And it takes some time to really get it right. Like I, like I said, I, I, I work with other photographers and they're, you know, they'll send me an edit of photos and I still have to pull out images that just don't work, you know, and, you know, it, it takes time.
1: Too true. I think any level of mastery and expertise in anything comes with time and practice, repetition, trial and error. <laughs> and it takes practice to learn how to sort of get people to let you take their picture. How do you capture the emotional tone of an event while you're interacting from the photographer's perspective? That also
0: has a lot to do with the people and how, how, they're, how they're acting at the event. Uh, I mean, there's... Just so much I can do with my camera, I can't bring out the enthusiasm of the event, you know, into the camera. Sometimes I look for, like, interesting, fun, candid moments, which kind of bring that nice element of authenticity to uh, what's actually happening at the event. Yeah, and it it really depends on the crowd, too. You know, sometimes some events are just more buttoned up than others. Um, Like galas, generally people are on better behavior, behavior, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) dressed to the nines, (laughs) you know, that's more of like, okay, um, I'm shooting this for fashion, more editorial, uh, or getting interesting moments of people speaking or performing on stage. You know, it it really depends on the situation, but, um, I think a, a strong outlet would be to capture some solid, candid moments. Which are very is very hard to do. Yeah, you really got to be have a hawkeye for that, <laughs> um, and be out of the way. Because yeah, I, I'll tell you, so many times I'll try to capture a candid moment, usually in natural light, but I'll bring the camera to my face, and then people are like, "Oh, he's going to take a photo," and they pose for the photo, and that that wasn't my intention, but you know, it happens quite a bit because um, they see this big camera. And- <laughs> And people, like, you bring a camera to your face, people are like, you know, you notice a change oh, in yeah. the person. Well, in an ideal setting, uh, the subject would know how to pose in front of the camera. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I wouldn't have to direct at all. But in a setting um, where, you know, they, they need to be brought out um, mm. to feel a little more comfortable, You know, I'm not the best at cracking jokes, but, uh, you know, you try to just have a candid conversation you know, ask them a question about their life, ask them something about them, um, make them feel comfortable, you know, in speaking. And I mean, not that speaking is going to be part of the photo, but make them feel comfortable in the situation by speaking. Me personally, I'm not one to be the center of attention. Um, I don't mind being behind the scenes capturing, uh, so yes, I am social, but I don't feel like I always need to be engaged in social, uh, manners when I'm shooting, you know, that when I'm shooting, I'm there to do the job to the best of my ability.
1: Now, Ben, I know a lot of my art artist cohorts have multiple artsy interests. So, before we go, I want to ask if you have any other forms or creative interests that
0: you're into. Now, I'm actually taking a graphic design course at the School of Visual Arts in New York City. You know, I the reason I decided graphic design is because you know, again, playing to the strengths of having an eye for design. In, in orchestrating a photo, whatever, you know, that sort of realm, coming from that realm. Um, so I wanted to enhance the skills of design work, um, see if it's an area that I have an interest in, um, you know, whether I pursue it as, you know, another out- outlet. You know, as as an artist, uh, as a creative, um, I think it's important to... Uh, pick up new skills, enhance new skills. So, you know, I thought adding in graphic design would be a nice element to my repertoire. Nice. I mean,
1: given what I know of your photographic work, I imagine you will smash it with the graphic design. I have a couple quickies before we go. Name us three photographers Michael that
0: Michael Nichols, Brian skerry Corey Richards,
1: And please complete this sentence. Art is?
0: Art is a way of life.
1: Ben Gabe, thanks so much for being on Questioning Artists today and sharing with us your expertise as a very talented professional photographer. Well, everyone, I hope that like me, today's conversation brought you inspiration and insight. Please explore CTC's website to find out more about our artists and projects, and to sign up for our mailing list at convergencescollective.org. Questioning Artists is produced by Kate Michael Gibson and Jeremy Williams, with collaborative consulting by Khalida Davis. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kate Jaworski, visual imagery was created for the show by Natalie Loveland, and the conversation you just heard was recorded on October 22, 2018. Until next time, friends, I send you all the best for the questions you're asking, the art you're making, and the connections you're creating to bring more light into this world. Thank you for being part of the Collective Conversation.